fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Energetic Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely, founder of the Energetic Health Institute. And folks, I have to say, I hope you are having a glorious Freedom Day weekend, wherever you may be. What a great time to celebrate freedom and to remember all the people who made it possible for us to enjoy this gift of freedom and for us to renew our dedication, our devotion, our duty to passing this freedom forward to future generations and teaching them, I think, something very important, how to protect it, right? So today, folks, as we always do, I start with gratitude. And today I am going to be immensely grateful for the great Dr. Zelenko. Uh, I think it's important for us to stop for a minute and recognize a true patriot. And I'm going to try and recognize him to the best of my ability with a story about another great patriot. You see, there's some commonalities that we have among patriots, and especially in trying times, times where corruption and tyranny are reigning. And that commonality is that all patriots start out as outlaws. (laughs) You know, one of my favorite people in American history is Harriet Tubman. In fact, she is my favorite person in all of, of American history, because you're talking about someone that not only had the courage to free herself, to take that risk to travel great distances under threat of death and torture, to free herself, but then she had the courage to go back at least 16 times that were recorded. And what I love about her is she has this same spirit that Dr. Zelenko has, you know, take no S-H-I-T kind of persona. You know what I mean? Like I will be free or I will die. There is only those two options. One of the things that I, I love about Harriet was that she would, Uh, always carry a gun with her, right? So she was somebody that was definitely a very Second Amendment type woman. And in carrying a gun, when she was um, conducting the train, as she would call it, when she had her passengers, she would tell all of them, if you give up our position, if you sell us out, I'll kill you myself. Now, that's somebody who's serious about freedom and making sure she's not putting anyone's fears or anyone else's emotional needs you know, over it. She's not including things that can kill her and the other passengers. She's saying that, listen, I will take you out myself if you give us up. And of course, this to the establishment of slavery and the people that supported that and advocated for it made her a threat. So what did they do? They put a huge bounty on her head. 
And there's a great story of her. Um, she would travel sometimes also when she would go down, uh, she would travel with a chicken under her arm. And people would ask her, why would you have a chicken with you? You know, they're thinking, okay, probably she wants to make sure and she gets in a pinch, she can eat. But that's maybe was some of it. But that really wasn't what she was doing it for. Because there are stories of people looking out for her uh, with the bounty that was on her head that was very sizable and, and only grew over the years. Is that when people would come across her kind of walking around throughout the South, you know, you needed to have a, a free pass or you needed to have papers or, you know, anyone could stop you. What she would do is she would throw the chicken on the ground and pretend like she was chasing the chicken around and, and she would play upon uh, her oppressor's preconceived ideas that she was a stupid Negro woman. And so she would totally use that to her advantage and flail around and be this comedy sketch, you know, trying to catch this chicken. And then the people who might have wanted to ask her where she's from and what she's doing would just look at her and laugh and turn the other direction because here's just another stupid woman, right? Another stupid Negro slave black woman, right? What a great story. And what a beautiful expression of the art of war, because Harriet understood from a very young age that she was at war. She was at war with this institution. She was at war at all times with this notion that anyone should be held against their will uh, and forced to do labor for their entire life. You know, And that's where she has her famous quotes about I resigned myself that I would have freedom or I would have death and that if I couldn't have one, I would have the other. And this is her source of courage. And I, I'm going to say this in present tense for a reason. I see this in Dr. Zelenko. See, the thing that's very interesting about death and what we consider to be death, right, is that people look at it as if it's the end. And some people look at it as if it's the beginning. And then you have people like me who look at it as no one ever really dies. See, I've, I've been where we go when we pass away. I was brought there and I've seen the hall of all people. I've been in the eternity of God. I've seen it. I felt it. I know it exists. I know it exists as sure as I know I'm talking to you on a radio. I'm sure as I'm looking at a computer, there's nothing to fear. It's glorious. It's incredible. And now my suspicion is that Dr. Zelenko is going to be even more powerful now that he's not confined by a body that was failing him. And this is a part of this man's courage. He knew he had a terminal diagnosis of cancer before all of this started. And he fought on anyway. He knew that this would likely take his life, the energy it was going to take to fight on through all this. And he fought on anyway. He knew that there were death threats against him regularly and threats upon his life from credible deep state sources. And he fought on anyway. It never once prevented him from speaking his mind, expressing truth, 
and inspiring people to be courageous in their defense of freedom and their aggressive approach to calling out and seeking the end of this corruption and this tyranny that grips us. And it's people who start out like him as outlaws that over time we realize what they were really saying and what comes to us is that these people that the evil folks wanted to call an outlaw, disinformation dozen, a crazy person, that really the best description for them is hero. The best description for them is patriot. The best description for them is American. And so I want to give a moment of silence, if you'll join me, in celebrating the life of a great American hero patriot, Dr. Zelenko, for all the work he's done over the last two years, and I'm sure the work he will continue to do as he walks in eternal glory. Thank you, Dr. Zelenko, for all you gave and for all you taught us that we can be when we put foolish things to the side and keep our eyes on the true prize, and that is freedom. Folks, uh, we were going to bring Dr. Carrie Madej on today. As many of you know, she uh, was uh, injured in a uh, plane crash, which not too many people get to walk away from, but God is good, and her angels protected her without a doubt. I've spoken with her a couple times this week. She is in great spirits uh, and recovering. Um, so all the prayers, all the well wishes that you send are fantastic. Keep sending them. Keep sending those prayers for healing and, you know, for her to get back on, on the trail. We will bring her on when she is uh, able and has had some time to be on the mend. Um, you know, we have seen some things going on with Dr. Simone Gold being attacked. We've seen Dr. Uh, Pierre uh, Corey being attacked, uh, Dr. Um, Peter McCullough getting attacked, their licenses. And I think the message I send out to everyone is in the art of war, we're under siege right now. And it's important for us to lock arms again and let people know that um, let these evil folks know, you come after one of us, we're all going to be there um, to protect our brothers and our sisters who have meant so much to us over the last couple of years. And uh, certainly Dr. Madej and Dr. Uh, Peter and Dr. Pierre are, are in those groups, that these are people that are off limits, and we have to make sure that we are going to protect them. So how do we do that? Well, we do that by making sure we share what they are sharing. We make sure that we share with Dr. Simone Gold is telling us and what's going on, because the only reason that they would need to be silenced is because they're telling the truth. That should tell you all you need about the, to know about the corrupt age that we live in. That's why, folks, I will never shut up. 
<laughs> Not a chance. I am going to speak my truth. I am going to do everything I can to honor great American hero patriots like Dr. Zelenko and like Harriet Tubman and honor the true spirit of what it means, in my opinion, to be an American. And that is to live bravely. You know, I've said last week that I urge everyone to use our greatest weapon. And our greatest weapon is to love unconditionally every person. I got a story after the break on this. We're going to talk a little bit about it. Also, to love unapologetically, right? I don't apologize for what I believe in. I don't apologize for how I see the world. I don't intend to offend anyone. So if someone takes offense, that's their business. That wasn't my intention. And what that allows me to do is to love fearlessly. And that's the energy that I want to impart to you, especially on this special weekend of celebration where we get to celebrate freedom and remember the people who fought and sacrificed for us to have it. Understanding that there may come a time where we have to fight like right now and sacrifice to make sure we pass this gift of freedom on to the next generation and teach them at the same time the right way. Not that here's your entitled gift, no, this isn't a gift of entitlement freedom. This is a precious gift that deserves and requires constant nurturing, constant protection, and constant promotion about the goodness that it really is. When we come back after the break, folks, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about a story that actually just happened last night. Uh, uh, we went to dinner, uh, myself and um, Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher and attorney Steve Jonkis and uh, a few of our close friends and, and loved ones all went to dinner with uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf. Great, great evening. We we're talking about our grand jury petition. So I'm going to give you an update on that when we come back. But I got a story about discrimination that I want to share with you on there. Since we're talking about freedom, let's talk about all, all this stuff, right? Then in the uh, next hour, or I should say hour, uh, the next segment after that, after we take a, another break, I'm going to talk to you about DNA repair, because I've been hearing something out there that's been very concerning for me, is people saying that the folks who have been genetically modified are now um, irreparable, that you can never undo that genetic modification. And folks, I'm going to tell you a little secret. God wouldn't be God if God hadn't already prepared ourselves to deal with even this evil assault of genetic modification. So I got some good news for you in the last segment on this great freedom weekend that we call the 4th of July. And I hope wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, that you celebrate the freedom that you enjoy and that you renew your vows your duty to make sure it is preserved and passed on to future generations. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. 
Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you, where we have some incredible curricula coming out. We have, uh, I can't wait, folks. We just finished an amazing detoxification and fasting certification uh, program, folks, across the board. Everyone that we taught got better, healed. We had people with eczema completely resolved. We had people just getting rid of gallstones like you wouldn't believe, cholesterol lowering, um, feeling, just feeling better. And here's one of the cool things. Every single person reported feeling better emotionally by the end which tells us that the work we're doing is helping with the anxiety, helping with the depression, helping with the post-traumatic stress disorder. So check us out. We have another course starting uh, detox and fasting in, um, in September. So you can go to energetichealthinstitute.org to sign up for that. We also have a vaccine education course starting up, something I've been teaching on the law of uh, vaccines and how we can take out 42 USC 300 AA-11 and-22 which give the manufacturers of these harmful products uh, immunity from being sued. Uh, we talk about that. That course, I believe, is starting in August. Again, you can go to energetichealthinstitute.org. Uh, we have three amazing courses in development right now that are about to be released in July. I tried my best to get them out before the break, but we're going to be on break as a school for a couple weeks, and I wanted to give my team a little bit of a respite. So we have the art of eating healthy, the art of cellular healing, and the art of fasting all coming out in July. Do-it-yourself courses. You're going to love them, folks. Uh, the recordings on these have been fantastic. The visuals that you're going to understand in an easy way what you can do to keep your body really healthy. And so if you want to get started, go to energetichealthinstitute.org. You can sign up for our free chapter in my book. Uh, it's called The Art of Eating Healthy. It's just a simple, give us your email address and we'll send you the book and then you'll be on advanced notification for when those courses are ready. We have some great stuff, delayed food allergy panels. Uh, I mean, just so much that you can use to help you experience health and the freedom that comes with it. So once again, go to energetichealthinstitute.org, check us out, and we'll see you right after these messages. It's summertime. Ready for your vacation to the beach, the lake, or the mountains? But what about your accommodations? Ever wonder what germs were left behind by the previous guests? Kathy G. from Tulsa says the Genesis Fogger gives her peace of mind and confidence when traveling. With Genesis, she knows that the air and surfaces in her vacation rental are free of bacteria and viruses left behind by the previous occupants. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, 
you'll be ready for what's next. All right, welcome back, folks. Uh, what an interesting night last night. You know, uh, we were going out, we, we wanted to talk with Dr. Wolf about some ideas she might have to help us get some additional visibility on the grand jury piece um, for this reason. So here, here's your update on, on where we are. The grand jury petition that we filed in the Ninth Circuit Court, uh, federal court is still moving forward. I'll be at a snail's pace because that's how justice in this country works, unfortunately, but you know, that's what it is. So we, um, on June 27th, that was the last day that, that the, um, the accused could respond and put in a request for a motion to dismiss our petition. This is the petition that myself, Senator Kim Thatcher and Senator Dennis Linthicum have filed uh, way back in March. Well, they, uh, something interesting happened, <laughs> among other things. First of all, all the defendants that we have named in our petition, uh, two, of, uh, two of them are from the uh, uh, President Trump administration. Uh, that would be Alex Azar and Robert Redfield. Azar was the secretary for the Health and Human Services Department. Azar was the, uh, uh, um, excuse me, Azar was the head of the secretary of the Health and Human Services Department. Redfield was the head of the CDC uh, during President Trump's administration. Then we had two other defendants that were appointed by Biden, and that would be um, Xavier Becerra, who's the, now the head of the HHS, and Rochelle Walensky, who is now head of the CDC. There was a fifth person that we named, um, Brian Moyer, who is the um, head of the National Vital Statistics System, which is under the hierarchy under the CDC. He actually spanned both administrations. So one of the things they did that was interesting was that they consolidated all defendants into one action. So that means that they took all five of those people from two different administrations, mind you, and put them together into, into one as, as one defendant, if you will. I find that fascinating because what that is in effect is doing with this new Department of Justice is they're saying that we are going to view um, the Trump appointees and the Biden appointees the same, uh, which kind of tells me that um, in a way Biden is supporting what happened during the Trump administration as well. And now we know President Trump um, at the time was not advised of this. We know and the whole substance of our, of our grand jury petition is that the CDC went rogue uh, with the help of the HHS, and that during President Trump's administration, they broke federal law by not by making a change to death certificate reporting that substantially, we're talking in the 90 percent inflation of of COVID death certificates, and that the HHS created a system for reimbursement that made it. Um, profitable for hospitals to go along with this fraudulent um, accounting of, of cause of death, right? 
we lay all that out in the grand jury petition. You can go to beyondthecon.com and, and read up on it. You can actually get the entire um, 63 page petition and read up on it, get yourself educated. We, we submitted the 63 page petition along with over a thousand pages of evidence uh, to substantiate our claims. Now, what's interesting, like I said, is that while President Trump wasn't aware that all this was going on, he wasn't aware because the CDC didn't file those changes through the federal register. You see, all federal agencies are required to, when they're making any changes to data, data aggregation, you know, statistical reporting, things like that, they're required to propose those changes and enter them into the federal register before they actually enact them. That's not what Deborah Burks and that's not what Rochelle Walensky, that's not what Fauci and friends all decided to do. They just said, well, we don't need to go through the federal register. We don't need to open up public comment on these things. We don't need to inform the Office of Management and Budget, which sits under the executive branch under, which would be under President Trump's uh, jurisdiction. We are just going to go ahead and make these changes because we want to, and we don't have to tell anybody. Well, in doing so, they broke multiple federal laws, and the data that they produced as a result was insanely criminally fraudulent. And that's why we've made the allegations against these people of uh, criminal fraud and willful misconduct. And we've made these allegations because when we prove willful misconduct, we eliminate the protections that the pharmaceutical industry has from civil immunity for these shots. So we're, we're going after this and playing a very long game right here with these evildoers. Well, what's very, very interesting is that we appealed to every single U.S. attorney in 2020. We sent, I personally paid for this, cost well over $10,000. I sent out our peer-reviewed paper. I sent out uh, an outline of a basic grand jury petition to inform every single U.S. attorney in the country of this crime and the significance of it. We didn't get one response. I started working with uh, Senator Thatcher and Senator Linthicum uh, because they started asking questions and thank God they did. I uh, wish every elected official would ask questions. They started asking questions. We started sharing what we knew and they said, what could we do? And I said, well, why don't we try to go directly to a specific uh, US attorney in, in Oregon, the state where I currently live? They said, yes, let's do that. They sent a letter with uh, updated grand jury petition and with all the, with some a good percentage of the proof, enough proof for somebody to come in and ask questions. And they, we sent it to the Honorable Scott Asfog, who is the acting U.S. Attorney for the state of Oregon. We asked him to prosecute, okay, to prosecute these people, these five defendants that we've named. We asked him to, to investigate and prosecute them. And instead of him doing what he was supposed to do and informing a judge that, hey, I've been appraised of significant allegations of crime, I think it's important for us to open up a grand jury investigation of this, he went directly to the Department of Justice and to the Federal Department of Justice and said, well, what should I do? And they basically told him to do nothing, as we understand it. So 
we contacted him again and said, what's going on? Because we didn't hear back. And he said, well, uh, I spoke with the Department of Justice. You need to contact them. So we, the senators reached out to the Department of Justice, said, what's going on? And they basically said, in a very polite way, uh, you can kick rocks. That's what they told two elected officials, two senators in the state of Oregon. So we said, all right, well, we're kind of dead in the water again. What do we need to do? And that's when we came up with the idea of, well, let's file a formal petition in federal court and make sure it's a matter of record, which we did. And we ended up completing and, and getting filed uh, on March 7th of this year. Well, how interesting is it that, number one, a federal employee has 60 days to respond to allegations of criminality, whereas a regular person like me and you only has 21. So a federal employee gets more time, gets, gets almost three times as much time to put everything together and respond. The first responses to the defendants that we served, Walensky, Becerra, Moyer, Redfield, Azar, the first response was due um, from them on June 27th, early this week. They waited until I think it was 7.42 p.m. Pacific to file a response, meaning they only had a couple of hours before it would have gone into a default judgment, meaning that a judge would have been required to, um, uh, to impanel a, a grand jury. So that's what we actually did. We were ready to file for a default judgment. But they filed at the 11th hour and, and got it in, right? And what they filed was a motion to consolidate, meaning let's group the Trump appointees with the Biden appointees. Well, that's a curious thing to do, Department of Justice, because effectively what you're doing is you're saying this, this administration, this current administration agrees with what the Trump appointees did. And the Trump appointees went rogue. And <laughs> the Trump appointees violated federal law. So let's protect all of them because we're not really protecting an administration. We're protecting corruption, in my opinion. That's what the Department of Justice is doing. But then they took another step. They said, you know, 60 days um, wasn't enough. We need more time. We need another 60 days. Let's extend this out another 60 days. So they made that request uh, to the Honorable uh, Judge Hernandez, and um, he, you know, asked for our reply. And we said, "Hey, you know, they violated a very important rule. They didn't contact us and try to negotiate for extra time, which courtesy and and the rules are they're supposed to." We said, "This is of such high level importance to the people of this country." that we can give them a few extra days, but only till July 18th. Like that's as far out as we can go. Now, this is no fault of Judge Hernandez. You know, this is what happens in, in the pursuit of justice. They give a lot of deference to requests early on for additional time. They wanna make sure that every party has had enough time to really respond to especially allegations of this magnitude. It's understandable. So he approved the 60-day request, and now we're not going to um, get to read their motion to dismiss, which will be an interesting read. I think that'll be one for the history books uh, until August. So when we get that, we will let you know. You'll be the first to know. 
But what was really interesting about this situation with the grand jury is that, remember I told you about the Honorable Scott Asfog? Remember I said we, myself, and two senators appealed to him in August of 2021, requesting that he investigate and prosecute the people guilty of these allegations, right? Or the people that he could drum up enough evidence to substantiate that they committed fraud and willful misconduct. We, we educated him on this in August of 2021. So he's known about this situation and for over a year. So I find it a little funny that the Department of Justice is asking for an additional 60 days. It's like, well, you've already known about this for more than a year. In fact, you've actually known about it for two years because I filed and I sent the uh, petition in October of 2020 to the Department of Justice as well. So they've actually known about this for two years, but they need more time. So it's like, okay. But the funny part for me was that the same attorney, the same U.S. attorney, the Honorable Scott Asfog, that we pleaded with to investigate our findings and to um, encourage a judge to launch a grand jury investigation, he's now the lead defendant for the criminals, for the alleged criminals. <laughs> in the world of you can't make this up, that actually just happened. The same attorney we appealed to to prosecute these individuals, to investigate these individuals, I shouldn't say prosecute, but to investigate these individuals who we feel have committed multiple crimes of that uh, account to fraud and willful misconduct, he has now been appointed to defend them. What does that tell you about our Justice Department? See, remember what I said about the grand jury work that we're doing? We're going to prove one of two things. We're going to prove that justice is alive and well, you know, that whole pledge of allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, and this is my favorite part, with liberty and justice for all. You remember that? that pledge and justice for all? Well, I didn't know all included alleged criminals. You know, I didn't know all included people who are corrupt and tyrannical, who are guilty, in my opinion, and I have a right to have my opinion of fraud and willful misconduct. But alas, here we are. So we're going to prove that either our justice system is working or it's, it's not. And we'll figure that out as we go. I still have a lot of faith and I have a lot of faith in Judge Hernandez that he's a good man and he's going to figure out some things and impanel a grand jury, right? Or else I wouldn't be doing any of this stuff, but we're going to learn some stuff either way. But how interesting is it, right? That through all of this, <laughs> that the Trump and Biden administrations are now linked inextricably via our petition. The Department of Justice is protecting both because the Department of Justice, in my opinion, is protecting the narrative, the lie. And we got to make sure that our courts say, no, we're going to be the protectors of truth. What was also very interesting was uh, when we went out, because this all, you know, we, we wanted to get together and start crafting out some strategies for how we can 
raise public awareness on what we're doing and, and that people can get to know all of us, the senators, myself, and know that we're just regular people that believe very strongly in truth and, and justice and uh, you know, liberty for all people. We just believe very strongly in this, um, so much so that we make the sacrifices and we take the risks that we wish and hope more people will ultimately take. We want to pave this path. And if we have to go all the way to the Supreme Court with this, we're ready to do that. I think it'd be great for us to get to a Supreme Court uh, ruling that extols and protects our abilities uh, as citizens to engage the grand jury system because it's, it's such an essential aspect to maintaining freedom and oversight over potentially corrupt individuals and especially corrupt individuals in government. So we're having dinner and we're meeting at this restaurant. We went down to the state capitol and we were going to meet and have some dinner and just talk and things like that. And we had a great night and great conversations. But when I first walked up, I saw uh, Dr. Wolf and, uh, and Senator Thatcher sitting out in front of the restaurant. And, you know, they were sitting outside in front. It's a pretty day. I was like, didn't think of anything of it. And I got up and I uh, went over to give everybody hugs and Dr. Wolf got up and said, hey, there's some crazy stuff that just happened. I said, what? <laughs> Not surprised, but it's just like, what? what's the crazy stuff? Apparently, um, she had gone to the bathroom and uh, was trying to come out and accidentally came out through another restaurant, which will remain nameless. But this other restaurant had signs all over it of, if you're not vaccinated, you're not welcome. And so when they, she walked in to the place and she was just walking literally from the back to the front to leave the, the restaurant, the other restaurant, um, they stopped her and asked her for proof of her, uh, her, her vax card. And she said, well, I'm not vaxxed and I'm just walking out the front door. And they started to harass her and they started to yell at her and they started to try and shame her and started cursing profanely at her and ushering her out physically out the door. And she got all this on film and she put it on her site and, and, and showed people like, hey, this level of discrimination. So I walk up and you know things had kind of calmed down a little bit and she's telling me this story. And out comes this, uh, this, this gentleman from, from the restaurant where she got forced out black dude, right? And black dude that's going to play upon all of his blackness and talking with a, you know, with a white woman and, and he starts cursing at her. We got all this on film too. He starts cursing at her and calling her ever, every mf -er in the book and trying to get in her face and, you know, and all that because she elected to say no to being, having her genome, her DNA modified by these pharmaceuticalists, <laughs> and so I found it very interesting that we're in a living in a world where a white woman of high intellect and who's done tremendous things for uh, for for black people, especially black children. Okay, and this is what I want to emphasize: her whole career has been about equality and 
protecting not only women, but especially black women and black children. I mean, she just has such a huge, this is Dr. Naomi Wolf. Yeah, she has such a huge track record of kindness and doing what's right throughout, so much so that she used to be a liberal and then said, you know what, I'm done with this because the whole Democratic Party got hijacked. I have to do what's right. This woman is a hero. She's another American hero patriot. And here she is being discriminated against, ironically, by a black man who owns us. I'm like, where are we in the South? Is this 1952 and we're in the South? Do I have to go and have a sit-in at your lunch counter and have you hit me over the head for you to get the, the joke of what you're doing right now, that you're advocating for discrimination? And even worse, you're coming out and yelling at her and acting aggressively and using profanity in the process. So I had to step in there, of course, right? I'm a man, I like being a man, I've told you that. And oh, did I want him to touch me? I, people, I will let you know that I was ready to go. I wanted him just to put a fingernail on my person so I could destroy this guy, right? Nothing would make me happier than to shut up a loud mouth, fat, hate spewing person who's trying to attack a woman, let alone one of my dear friends in my presence. So I got in between them and separate, you know, and I just held my ground and I was looking at this guy and I'm like, why are you cursing? Why are you yelling? What did she do that was so wrong? Well, well, you know, she could, she could, she could infect all of us. That means the shot doesn't work, dumbass. You can't figure that out. Oh, no, you can't figure that out because you're too brainwashed by all the other media outlets and things like that to listen to someone who actually is in media and knows what she's talking about. He was yelling at a senator. I'm like, you realize you're yelling at a, sen a senator right now. Didn't care. Called me every MFer in the book and everything like that. But you know what the guy didn't have the nuts to do? He didn't have the nuts to put a hand on me. It would have been worth him all that nonsense he was spewing, all that hate he was spewing, if he would have just put a fingernail on me. Oh, I was ready to go. I was so ready to go. But fortunately for him and for, I guess, for our dinner and everything, nothing happened. You know, it was just a, a big old standoff and, you know, and we got it all on video and he looks like a moron because he is a moron. And we still pray for these people. I still fight for these people, you know, uh, hope that he has an epiphany and it had a chance to reflect on what he did. Because some of the waitresses came out and they were equally saying some weird things, you know, and I was like, so let me get this straight. You're okay with a man yelling at a woman and threatening a woman and acting aggressively towards a woman. And you know what their response was that was really saddening? They said she deserved it. And I said to myself, who gets to decide that? Oh, that's right. You're in the equity, BIPOC, Latinx, <laughs> stupid camp. You're, in that, you're on that side of the fence. Okay. Um, so you're in that side that believes in being inclusive as long as the only thing being inclusive are things you agree with. You don't really mean being inclusive. You don't mean being inclusive with people who just see the world differently with 
respect to God or guns or, you know, abortion or, or you know, anything like that. You, you don't mean that. You just mean people that agree with you. You include people that agree with you. So, you know, you're full of SHIT, in my opinion, right? All right, folks, we'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. All right, folks, welcome back. And again, happy 4th of July, wherever you may be, whatever you may be doing. Please make sure that you are celebrating freedom, taking a little time off, especially right now. We don't know if uh, crazy pills are going to be distributed again, starting in like August, September, coming up to the next election cycle. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do. So really take advantage of these times that you're in right now in this beautiful summer and enjoy a little bit slower pace. It might be a little bit calm before a storm, but hopefully it's a storm that never happens because freedom and truth have decided that they're going to hang out with us for a while. You know, wouldn't that be awesome if love, logic, and light decided they were going to hang out with us for a couple decades? I'd be okay with that. I'd be very, very okay with that. So in this last segment, uh, we're going to talk and I'm going to share with you something that I, I will be writing up and I haven't written anything for the America Out Loud platform for a minute. I think it's time to do a little bit more writing. I've just been really focused on working with uh, the React 19 uh, community, some patients who are severely injured by the shots and doing everything I can to lend my hand and my expertise to, you know, being part of the solution, you know, for these folks. And uh, I can say with utmost confidence that no matter how severe somebody is, uh, has been injured, how severely somebody has been injured by the shots, we are 100% confident in being able to stabilize their systems now. We're 100% confident in being able to stabilize them so they're no longer declining and we can start working on the road of getting them recovered. Uh, and that's that's the next step. So I've started doing some additional research. I've been very fortunate to be able to uh, get some great guidance and, and support from Dr. Judy Mikovits. In the work that I've been uh, researching, she is a gem. She is another American hero patriot. We got a lot of those floating around, you know, a lot of American hero patriots. And so don't be surprised that at the beginning, they're going to be treated like outlaws, right? And that's certainly Dr. Mikovits has been treated horribly um, and like an outlaw because who's treating her like an outlaw? People who are criminals, 
So if a criminal's treating you like an outlaw, then you're probably doing something right. Well, we were uh, we were up. <laughs> it, was, it felt like I was in college, really. It felt like I was back in college, nerding out with a a dear friend. In this case, uh, someone who's mentoring me as well. Um, she's so brilliant. And <laughs> we were up real late on uh, on Monday night because um, I was, you know, we start asking questions, and then we go do some research, and we look around and see what's out there, and try to interpret and. You know, we were up talking uh, via text and everything, and we ended up staying up to like, I think like three in the morning, just working on what's going on at a nu- at a cellular and uh, a nucleic level with respect to the adverse events. Because I think it's very important that everybody knows, um, very, very important that these are gene modification shots and we have definitive evidence from the lund university study that was published february 28th of this year showing that within six hours you know you get reverse transcription of the mrna platforms into um into dna and that those can upload into cellular dna that quickly Um, first study is of their kind really ever done and these are studies that should have been done way back in 2020 and sanctioned by our FDA and, and required by our FDA because these studies should be enough to close down the program. But when you start looking at the number of deaths and adverse events and all the drama around infertility, which is very real, um, and the inability to prevent transmission, all the breakthrough cases, and these shots are still in production and still being administered, it just blows my mind. So I'm, I don't think that this is the thing that's going to put us over the top. It, it should have. We should, program should have been shut down. I was calling for the shutdown of the program in January of 2021. Uh, it was easy to see that the safety signals were being ignored and, and that they were significant. But that's unfortunately, especially for people like uh, the families of Simone Scott and Ernesto R- Ramirez, you know, Ernest, Ernest's son, um, you know, um, should have never been available for these kids. It should have never been available for really anyone. So we have the the greatest problem that humanity has ever faced from a cellular, from a biological point of view. We have definitive gene modification going on. So we have over 2 billion people on the planet who are likely walking, talking, genetically modified organisms. And I think that's a reality we're going to have to accept. There are three things that they have achieved with the, this whole fiasco. Uh, number one is to create a product that co-ops normal, normal cell function, um, and that's the mRNA shots. They co-opt normal cell function to create a, a protein, in this case, a spike protein, that we know injures the cell and know, and we know injures systems of the body, most notably the cardiovascular and neurologic and immunological systems. So those three very crucial systems um, get impacted alone by the spike protein. And of course, this is a spike protein that your body is making. So your body is making something that hurts it. That right there eliminates this from being called therapy. If your body is making something that hurts it, then it's injuring itself in the process. Um, and 
that's just unconscionable to me from an ethical, uh, bioethical standpoint. The second thing that they've done with these shots is through um, cell surface identifying proteins is they have taught in a percentage of people who've gotten the shots, they've taught their immune systems to attack itself. They've taught the immune system of certain people to attack the immune, their own immune system. I've said for a few months, this is why I think the, it would make sense that this is why um, we see the dramatic rise in cancer and unexplained deaths in the 18 to 39 age range. We see that because a, a, if the cells are producing spike protein and there's really no off switch, We've just learned that the off switch is really methyl methylation groups. But if there's really no off switch for most people, that means they're going to be producing spike protein indefinitely, which most people are. That's why we're seeing all of the injuries and the blood clots and the people succumbing to um, rampant blood clots um, and it being termed sudden adult death syndrome. Sudden adult death syndrome is a result of these shots. You know how I know? Because... Tell me how many people are experiencing sudden adult death syndrome that haven't gotten the shots. I have yet to hear of one case. Okay. So uh, this is an injury. This is an injury as a result of, of the, the experimental shots, gene modification shots. So the first thing is the body's producing a protein that injures it. Second thing is that in many cases, the immune system has been trained to attack itself. And that's where you start to get an immune system that's attacking itself instead of attacking cancer cells. And then you get the development of cancer because at any age range where all everybody's producing cancerous cells, it's just they get cleared out by the immune system very quickly, identified and cleared out. But the immune system can't do that when it's attacking itself. It can't do it very efficiently at the very least. But it also creates a situation where there is going to be um, intermediate and long-term death. And I think this is what Dr. Zelenko was talking about. I know Dr. Martin's talking about it a lot now. I think he put a number out of 700 million people in the next few years are going to die uh, globally. And I, I, I can say that I don't know what the exact number will be, but it is a biochemical certainty that without getting the genetic modification out of the DNA, that is going to occur. That's not great news, but I think what it should tell you is, is this. What we learned on Monday in, in the research was that DNA repair is now basically been taken off the line by the shots, but that if a person stops getting the shots, DNA repair reinitiates. So the key ingredient for everyone is to just say no. If you've got coerced, if you got fooled, if you got hoodwinked into getting the shot, um, if you got pressured, um, shamed into getting the shot, you don't want to get any more, and you're worried about genetic modifications, yes, it's safe to assume that you are genetically modified at this point, especially if you're having any adverse reactions. But your body is trained. Your body does have the ability to remove these genetic modifications. Right now, Early research um, on length of time is showing that about 400 days from um, your last shot 
is about how long, depending upon the tissue and the, the cell, is about how long it's going to take to get the genetic modification out, which to me makes me suspect why they are pushing so hard for frequent boosters, because they know that the genetic modification cannot hold over a long period of time, especially a long absence between shots. So we're, we're going to publish some more on this, and we'll talk some more about this on the break. I don't want to talk about a ton right now, but I do want to let you know the hope. The hope is that your body is designed to heal. The hope is that your body will heal when you stop eating it to death. And the hope is that through fasting, fasting is the major player in all this, through fasting and learning how to fast, you can help your body undo damage that you have, um, that you have endured. And we're going to say that that's theoretical because I want to make sure and very, be very clear with everybody but the literature supports what I'm saying in a big way. And so we're going to publish on that so you can read on it. We'll wait until after the holiday so everybody can get through the holiday and have some fun. And then we'll put some, some work out on it because I definitively disagree with anyone who says that what's been done to ourselves can't be undone. That's not the way we're made. That's not the way God designed our bodies to be. Our bodies are an expression of love at all times. And one of those loves is love of self and love of the continuance of life. And our bodies are poised to support the love of the continuance of life, unaltered and enabling our ability to pursue happiness. All right, folks. Well, that's going to be it for us for this Energetic Health Radio episode. Again, happy 4th of July, and we'll end it as we always do. Remember, we have four unique challenges in this day and age. To take no offense, to speak truth, to be selfless, and to remain humble. Remember, the best ways to do that are by loving unconditionally, loving unapologetically, and loving fearlessly. So I say to you, on behalf of everyone at the Energetic Health Institute and Energetic Health Radio, I am Dr. Henry Ely, and I'm wishing you a very happy 4th of July. May God shine his divine light down upon us all, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. We'll see you on the next episode of Energetic Health Radio. Until then, peace be with you. Aloha bao, yeah, oh wait, that means I love you. <laughs> Bye everybody.